0: Any kind of art we are doing, it gives you at least, at least a sense of fulfillment at the end. Mm. You just have to pick up a paper and start doing whatever you want to do with it.
1: Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie. And I'm Sushi. So, it's been a while. How have you been, Sushi? I'm excited for Season 3 and what we have lined up. Did you miss me? Sushi, we've been friends for a while now
2: and you know what I remembered? About 4 years ago, you made me a birthday gift uh, which was my own custom colouring book. Remember that?
1: Yeah, the microscopic creature thing. That was fun to make. You were talking about how there should be a coloring book for adults too. And I thought it would make a nice surprise.
2: Little did we know back then that coloring books for adults would really take off. Uh, There are some beautifully detailed ones out there these days.
1: I'm glad we see so much access and openness to art nowadays. Yes, it does belong to everyone and art
2: can serve us in so many ways. Uh, So in today's episode, we're going to talk to Natasha Sarangi. She's a designer who's been conducting art therapy workshops for the past few years. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to Design Lota. Uh, How have you been? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Hi, Anji. Thanks a lot for having me here for the discussion. Uh, I'm doing good. Well, I am a graduate from National Institute of Design with an experience of over seven years in my research and graphic mm. design profession. Uh, okay. I'm currently working at uh, Zensa Technologies at uh, Creative League. I'm mm-hmm. also pursuing my master's in psychology from IGNU.
2: And mm.
0: of course, I'm doing my research in art therapy under the name of Art Bablers.
2: That's so exciting. You have a lot of things going on. Uh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> we we want to specifically talk about uh, what you're doing with Art Babblers. So tell us about that. How did you get started with it? What made you jump into art therapy?
0: Uh, well, actually, um, you know, basically I started my research on synesthesia as uh, one of my projects at NID. And... Um, Post my graduation from NID, I somehow, um, you know, but I was working with synesthesia only. I came across this term, art therapy, which uh, I found that it had a lot of similarity with synesthesia in terms of uh, experience and the way it works. Like uh, synesthesia, to give you an idea about synesthesia, um, basically synesthesia is something where... um, a person sees something when they hear so basically or probably uh, hear something when they are seeing something or there is some kind of smell some kind of taste Hmm. so basically their sense organs or uh, like sense organ related neurons in the brain are wired in a way in Hmm. which uh, they kind of pick up the other senses also
1: right so
0: that is how I was working on it and I came across art therapy, which has a similar effect on the brain in terms okay. of uh, have stimulating all the parts of it and having an impact on it. So mm-hmm. when I saw that, I realized that I have been also doing that without knowing about it, and mm-hmm. I was using it in our daily life. So yeah, so I came across the term and I read more upon it. Mm-hmm. That's how mm-hmm. I delved into art therapy, and mm-hmm. I wanted. Okay. Um, okay to make it accessible to people, to everyone who can take benefit from that. That's how our Pablo's by Natasha came into the entire picture. And after that,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, the entire thing is going on. I have been conducting okay. workshops, sessions with various age group people with non-pathological issues. And mm-hmm. I keep on creating different modules and different activities of art therapy hmm. which can hmm. be used with right. people for their issues okay
2: we do hear these days about uh, people feeling the need to maybe calm down or slow down because of the way the pace of life generally and absolutely, we also absolutely. hear about you know coloring book for adults and things like this i think it's interesting that you've you know designed workshops that go a little deeper into that so Uh, What would you say is unique about your approach to art therapy?
0: Well, art therapy is very subjective. Uh, Mm -hmm. Definitely coloring books and everything are there in the market, which is something Mm -hmm. that anyone can pick up because Mm -hmm. uh, art any which way has a therapeutic value. So Mm -hmm. even if you are doing a small drawing or you are sketching or you are coloring something, it will help you with... um, with your daily life activities and stressors and everything, what I would say is unique with my approach is um, I try to come up with different kind of modules than mm. what is present right now in the uh, entire system. Uh, right. So I write paper on those, I test it with people, and mm. that's how I set on my activities that I create.
2: So, your modules are based on, you know, that particular uh, issue that a person might be going through or like an age group. So, can you give us an example of like a module that you might work on? Yeah,
0: for example, uh, let's say I'll give you a case study of uh, one of the people I worked with, although I cannot mention the name and everything, but I can definitely give you an idea about it. So, uh, there's this lady who was going through case of ptsd we call it post-traumatic stress disorder she got up she got pregnant in 2013 and uh, nine weeks into the pregnancy she suffered a miscarriage okay. uh, which was traumatic for her yeah. and her husband of course yeah. but her partner could come out of it uh, very fast but she kind of uh, got stuck with the entire thing she couldn't uh, lead a normal life beyond that so, mm-hmm. what we did is, I discussed with her, I came up with some activities, uh, which basically could nourish her soul, or mm-hmm. inner self, and mm-hmm. bring her out of that traumatic experience that she had. So, we had some activities as very simple as planting some flowering plants and taking care of it, uh, mm-hmm. some pottery, some uh, kingsuit Pottery basically. Um, mm-hmm. To give you an idea of Kinsugi, it's something like uh, it's a Japanese technique where uh, a broken piece of ceramic mm-hmm. is stuck together with gold, and right. uh, it yeah. is believed that uh, anything that is broken has mm-hmm. its own charm, right? Yes. Uh, we did that, uh, we did a lot of art journaling we did mm-hmm. a lot of photography kind of activity so basically okay. it was not just art therapy it was something like expressive art therapy um, okay. that we did yeah. and it kind of helped her out in a long run and she could come out of her uh, experience and lead a normal life in fact she got so much better Uh, Mm. After that, she started pursuing her career, which she had stopped for quite some time. Uh, She started doing photography on a regular basis and... Mm. It helped her in her uh, work a lot. So, Mm. art therapy is very individualistic. It uh, depends on what a person is going through and what kind of activity can help her. Like, uh, here I took a uh, command decision to take it beyond art therapy, not just focus on art, Mm. but Mm. also having some expressive arts therapy where uh, we include activities beyond the domain of art therapy. Right.
2: Right. It's really interesting that it's so centered to that particular person's needs at that time, right? Kind of tailored to them and to understand what they're going through and what might help them as compared to someone else. Absolutely. So another angle to what you're doing is also the workshops where you're Uh, giving an accessibility to art and kind of empowering people with these uh, skills and experiences so that you know maybe they can in their own time get into art and use it as a way of just dealing with life. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about the workshops that you've been doing and how that's been going?
0: Uh, Yeah yeah, sure Uh, so basically when it comes to workshops we have to consider the entire group Hmm. and generally the theme of my workshops are the daily life issues for example recently I conducted a workshop on stress management so we did a lot of activities which could help us with stress management there were a lot of coloring activities Hmm. Uh, there was a lot of movement activities there were some uh, you know drawing out of uh, imagination kind of a thing like zendala hmm. zendala is a combination of zentangles and mandala. we did that we did um, some movement activity like i said um, you know basically creating your own movement that you can use to empower yourself uh, when you are going through a stressful situation right. so again when we are doing a workshop it's kind of a group related thing you have to consider Uh, a generalized issue and you have to
2: tackle it like that right okay this whole thing of making art accessible you know from the point of uh, view of artists and designers you know do you think some artistic people feel like you know you're giving away something that belongs to us which would be quite an entitled way of looking at it but uh, is that something uh, you know is a reaction that you see from the other side of artists and designers
0: I don't hmm. think so of course there will be some exceptions where people would feel that okay I mean this is some thing of a elite movement, right. hmm. just going to the masses hmm. uh, but I think people are more open-minded than we give them credit hmm. for people are okay with sharing it and in fact it should right. be right. because uh, art is something which should be actually for everyone. I mean, in schools and everything, we see how much focus we are giving to the academics and art is like a graded subject where it's like, okay, you do something and it's just fine and everything. Right,
2: right.
0: But um, yeah, it should be for the masses because it has got tremendous value or that, and it can help you with a lot of things with our daily yeah. lives, starting from decision-making, to you know, stress management, mm. to managing and dealing with grief, pain, mm. anything. In fact, like you pick up a issue and art has an answer mm. to it. So I believe that art should be for everyone. And if people feel that it shouldn't be, then it's kind of a very narrow-minded mm-hmm. outlook. But I don't—I haven't come across many people who feel
2: so restricted okay. about okay. it. Okay. That's great. And uh, like you said, art, uh, especially in our education system, is viewed as something like an add-on or a hobby. Or, you know, if you have time, you do it. Uh, right? So I think that's okay. an interesting angle. I
0: think they mm-hmm. are going there. The education system hmm. is changing. And these days, uh, people are giving more vantage to extracurricular mm. activities. And I believe in few years or probably, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. down the line, things will be different. People will be open-minded about it. People will come up with, Uh, the idea that art should be given equal weightage as uh, other subjects so I think it's progressing towards that that's great Uh,
2: when we come to materials right you're pretty open with uh, what you use so like you talked about movement and uh, it's not just you know colors and paper right how do you how do you build your activities and kind of tailor them and decide what what you're going to use so basically
0: the main idea when it comes to art therapy is it should have that therapeutic value right in the right, right direction what i generally take up into consideration is the group or the individual i'm working with how comfortable they are with both kind of materials so because my idea is they shouldn't get stuck with the material and face uh, issues mm-hmm. with that or feel intimidated right. with right. the material So I keep the materials as simple as possible like uh, pencil colors, crayons and uh, even if I'm using poster color or something, I I give them the liberty to work with fingers instead Mm. of brush because people get little conscious when they're working with brush and they want to stick to the lines and borders and everything. A lot of Mm. effort goes there and that creates a stress Mm. in a way. So um, I try to keep everything Mm. very simple like if I'm doing some origami activities, so papers and everything uh, mm-hmm. is considered. Having that mm-hmm. simple, it helps in building on the activity more than the right. material. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so okay. that's about okay.
2: it. So basically, not, uh, you know, the tool shouldn't come in the way of what, what they're trying to do with the Exactly.
0: Workshop. It shouldn't be intimidating, right, right. basically.
2: Adding to that, I had another question, like, uh, with art there's also part of the intimidation is also when you start creating you look at what you've made and you kind of want approval so you kind of look give show it to people and say what do you think this looks like well especially now also with our culture of Instagram and all that we want that approval we want people to look at it and say wow as artists and even you know regular people we know not everything you make is going to be wow but it's still part of the art that you're making uh, it still is doing its work in you, even if it's not a masterpiece, right? So uh, how, yes. how do you deal with that in your workshops? Because there are multiple people and, you know, they may not always feel okay with showing it. Or should you, should you even, uh, do they show it? You know, this whole part of showing your work, how do you deal with that? So that's
0: a challenge mm-hmm. that I face with uh, workshops um, I have two ways to deal with it one is either I give importance to everyone and encourage Mm. them or else I ignore when people start telling that oh this person has done an Mm. amazing job and I try to explain them that it's not with the quality of it it's about just doing it I'm still figuring Mm. that out because it is a challenge and we kind of are in a uh, mm-hmm. system now where approval has become uh, so mm. important like you mm. mentioned about Instagram Facebook yeah. and everything with social media yeah. coming into picture it has become like our habit mm. to get an approval if I have not got mm. enough likes uh, probably my picture yeah, is not yeah. that good or I'm probably doing something yeah, wrong yeah. with my life you know
2: so and also um, it starts internalizing because this approval uh, mechanism gets into you as well so when you yourself make your work even if nobody's around you do the self-censoring that you know this is good enough this is not good enough and whereas if you had just done it and just kept it art is still doing its work Uh, if you're just drawing every day and not showing anyone there's still a process happening in you
0: Totally, Angie. I completely agree with you. So since people are facing and um, people are going through that culture of approval, uh, that's a challenge and I think it's not going to go away very soon. So
2: okay. Okay. so speaking of therapeutic art, I was doing some reading. Uh, I've read that there is therapeutic art and there is a professional practice called art psychotherapy. Can you explain a little bit what the difference is between therapeutic art and art psychotherapy sure sure sure
0: Um, well there is a quite a bit of difference between the two art as a therapy like or therapeutic art uh, embodies the idea that uh, art making in and of itself uh, is therapeutic and the creative process is a growth producing Hmm. experience for example uh, art education with children with disability uh, disabilities community art programs for groups shelters or uh, neighborhood with uh, economic and social challenges and for people with mental illness these all seem to have a similar goal and objective as that of art as therapy whereas uh, when we consider art psychotherapy it is more symbolic and it embraces art as a Mean of uh, symbolic communication mm. and it tries to, you know, see a qualitative okay. uh, thing of a personality or emotion or any other aspect of mm. human experience. Uh, in essence, uh, art expressions are used to enhance verbal exchanges between the therapist and the client in the art psychotherapy okay. approach. And this particular field requires a specific credential Hmm. to work on, Um, maybe as a psychologist or a mental health Hmm. counselor or all the likes, you know. Um, Art as a therapy is something little in the lighter version, where we are using art uh, to express or not really Hmm. quantify things, actually. It's just um, taking the value of art. But uh, when we talk about art psychotherapy, it becomes little more uh, technical. And uh, maybe, I mean, people with art psychotherapy, people deal with pathological yeah. issues. Whereas with uh, art as mm-hmm. therapy, we deal with non, non-pathological okay. issues.
2: And uh, I think when we were talking before, you were mentioning that uh, sometimes when you do see that this is something which is, would be classified as a pathological issue uh, you do lead them on uh, refer them to a psychologist or tell them to like have a formal therapy yes, session yes, that yes. might help them uh,
0: better absolutely uh, since i um i'm doing art as therapy and survive right. art psychotherapy in any case clients come first and if I'm working with someone and they have certain kind of issue that uh, cannot be dealt with art yeah. as a therapy um, I assign them to a psychologist who can help them out with the entire as in psychotherapy um, art basically yeah so that's how okay. I go
2: about okay. it So you also mentioned that you've started doing a course on psychology. Do you find any, is it adding to what you're doing with art as therapy and, you know, what you're learning from it?
0: Uh, Well, anything that we learn stays with us till we die. So I think I am a very curious person in general and I like learning new things and taking up new courses and everything. I constantly keep adding to my knowledge bank doing a course this particular course is giving me a structure uh, that i can follow and so that i can know that okay i have covered all the aspects of psychology that i can put to use in my art therapy research and okay. sessions and workshops so uh, yeah it has been helping me quite a bit i hope i continue with this uh, Because uh, psychology as a field is quite recent as compared to other medical fields. And it has got a lot of scope. It has um, or a lot of opportunity to uh, build on Mm -hmm. and learn more, research more, discover more, and probably invent Mm -hmm. more, uh, you know. So, uh, yeah, it has been up till now, it has been helping me quite a bit.
2: Some time ago, we were also speaking about art and its effect on our psyche. And uh, you started talking about the science behind it as well. So can you share a gist of that for our listeners? Uh,
0: Sure, Raji. So um, art as a process stimulates our sense organs and hence the brain in various Mm. different ways, you know. Um, As a result, there's a lot of hormones that are secreted from our glands. Uh, like oxytocin, dopamine, endorphin, serotonin and etc. And these are generally a group of what we can call Mm -hmm. uh, feel-good hormones, you know. And it affects our uh, way we are dealing with our problems the way we are thinking you know having a perception of our environment and everything there are four different ways in which uh, hierarchy in which art therapy actually works first is basic kinesthetic and sensory stimulation which what happens is for example uh, when you're doing an art you are um, doing it with your hands so there is some kind of Touch, sensation yeah. that is going through there is some smell, there is some vision, there is some uh, noise you know, where, let's say you are just right. using a crayons but uh, there is this little noise of the crayon right. when you are doing it all these hmm. things together they kind of stimulate uh, your sense organs and that is sent to your brain this actually, you know it's, it's kind of a uh, great opportunity where it provides you with a uh, coping mechanism with uh, yeah. your day to day life coming down to the second point uh, it is perceptual or effective process basically when you are doing an art you have a kind of perception that you are presenting mm. it on the paper so that kind of gives you a Idea of what you are doing, how you are looking at your environment, you know, a kind of introspection that happens there. Coming down to the third point, which is cognitive and symbolic process. So basically, you have done your art, uh, you know your perception that you have thought about while doing the art. Now, Our therapy is also about introspecting Mm. on what you have done. So in every workshop and every session, we introspect on what the client has done exactly. And we, as in me and the client, uh, together we introspect and we understand what is the symbolic Uh, element that is there in Mm -hmm. the art that has been done you know once you have done an art there is always different levels at which it has been done even if a space is left blank there is a reason why it has been left blank you know and that's the uh, psychology that we think about and we discuss it so that is how the third level is uh, achieved and coming down to fourth hmm. level, which is a creative level, uh, which is basically em- encompasses all this three level and it gives a, a self satisfaction to the, you know, the person who is uh, doing the therapy and he or she has something to uh, show at the end of the session and there is a kind of a sense of joy, of fulfillment, hmm. um, sense of well-being that they uh, take from this entire activity. So basically, these are the four ways how art therapy actually uh, technically hmm. uh, stimulates the brain and uh, which leads to the hormones that I spoke of earlier. Hmm. Um, and overall, there is a feel-good uh, feeling or... Hmm. Hmm. Uh, that comes as an outcome of any kind of art okay, therapy session okay. or workshop.
2: Wow! Thanks for that detailed answer. I think it really uh, <laughs> clarifies what's going on uh, when you know when we are doing. Yeah, that. it's
0: very scientific actually. Art therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe like since the name is art therapy, mm-hmm. people consider mm-hmm. it to be very light. But right. um, my research and my understanding mm-hmm. has been. Uh, that that it is extremely scientific and i think it should be uh, a part of you know the uh, i should be included in that uh, because
2: this is extremely uh, scientific right Right. What are some ways in which our listeners and just regular people, how how can we use art in our daily lives to just deal with everyday life, you know? Or even some serious mental health issues. I understand that there are some, definitely some issues that require formal therapy. Is there something we can do by ourselves at home with art that can help us deal on a daily basis? Um,
1: well,
0: yeah, it's obviously, it's very, very, very subjective, uh, like I always mentioned. Mm. But still, there are some activities that everyone can do like the simple uh coloring mandalas or drawing mandalas or probably sketching in their daily life or you know doing a emotion uh, art yeah. which is basically painting anything to your emotion and reflecting on it and uh, to introspect any kind of art we are doing it gives you at least at least a sense of fulfillment at the end mm. you just have to pick up a paper And start doing whatever you want to do with it. You can fold the paper. And it's very uh, interesting to know. Mm -hmm. All of us, in fact, uh, we have a tendency towards art. For example, Mm -hmm. when we are talking on the phone to someone. And if you have a pen and paper. You would see a lot of people would just scribble. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of art. And that's kind of art therapy, actually, that they are doing unknowingly. Right. You know. Art can be formally integrated to each one of our lives, Mm. but informally, it already exists. We just have to know and, um, you know, introspect on things that we are
2: doing. Yeah, that's so interesting what you said, because what came to my mind is, uh, you know, I have an almost two-year-old daughter and... uh, her approach and generally, you know, kids' approach to art is so open and so. We were talking about censoring yourself and they just go for it. So, whether it's the paper or it's the ground or it's, it, they just have all this energy that just needs to come out in some way. <laughs> and that's so interesting because they just don't uh, feel the need to show someone what they've made. What do you think about? Maybe the more we feed it to them, they start behaving like us. But I think there's so much to learn from there about just. They, they probably don't even call it art. It's just who they are, right? So, Absolutely. In fact,
0: yeah. uh, an interesting point came to my mind when you mentioned this. Yeah. So before even we start learning and writing and reading and everything, mm. uh, every kid uh, starts with art first. That's true. Yes. You know? and uh, art is so centric to us actually we mm-hmm. just grew out of it because of our uh, schooling system or the system that we live in mm-hmm. where it is not given that much importance somehow or the other yeah. uh, but art is within us it's it's just very 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 natural to us yeah. even in the uh, ancient past when cavemen were there yeah. um yeah they didn't have everything but they had art mm. they used to draw on the caves they should draw on things they
2: yeah. art is a form of documenting basically yeah. so it just it's just very natural to right. us right. yeah it does seem like such an innate part of us that you know it can't be shut down and maybe uh maybe we need art as therapy now because we've been shutting it down <laughs> Uh, yes exactly and you know we need an avenue for it to uh, come out so absolutely uh, let's talk a little bit about you I'm sure you know when we come up with uh, some initiatives like what you're doing with art babblers there's always a trigger that is a little more personal than definitely I, I understand your trigger is also to help others but is there any personal reason that kick-started it saying you know this is something i want to do for others that's true everything
0: that um, we start it always starts with something that has uh, affected us in our past Um, i have gone through a lot of traumatic experience both physically and mentally in my Mm -hmm. life and it was every time that art rescued me without me knowing Mm -hmm. also it was my go-to thing every time i faced an issue. And later on when I was doing my research, uh, I just realized that I also I have been doing the same thing without knowing that these activities are helping me and uh, I saw the result and it was spectacular completely out of the world <laughs> okay. I, when I started introspecting which also we do in art therapy uh, when I started introspecting on the fact that okay I have been doing this and this is how it has been right. helping me I realized I could extend that to others as well and help them to come out of their uh, issues and help them to Mm -hmm. heal, help them to uh, deal with their everyday uh, stressors and issues and grief Mm -hmm. um, and everything. So, yeah, so I think that gave me a kick to more towards, you know, starting Art Fabulous as such so that uh, it can help more people Mm -hmm. like it has helped me. Okay, okay.
2: So you still work as a designer. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how... These two uh, parts of your life are influencing each other. So, has this uh, experience with art babblers changed you as a designer? Uh, Yes,
0: very much. So, they are kind of interdependent, Mm -hmm. what I see. Like, as a designer, I am a little more technical and I am thinking in a systematic way. And uh, that kind of helps me in art therapy because uh, to structure the activities and, you know, see the result of it because design is very user-centric. Right. So what, what I mean by user-centric is it should uh, have the correct impact on your mm. end users. So similarly, I take that uh, aspect of being a designer uh, into art therapy where I make it a point that it is very systematic and structured and has a uh, desired mm. result mm. at mm. the end uh whereas from art therapy perspective that helps me with my everyday struggles and you know helps me with real-time problem solving and decision making and uh Mm -hmm. in general uh like i said earlier i am working as a creative lead so just to give Mm -hmm. you an example there are times when you have to take command decisions and you know art has kind of uh Uh, tuned me to take quick decisions in life and um that is one of the major ways it has been helping me in the recent time. Other than that, art helps me with uh, working with, you know, with people skills uh, when I'm working with someone, how to handle that. And since I have little bit a little bit of knowledge from uh, psychology yeah. and art therapy, it helps me deal with uh, people hmm. as well, like to know their psyche and deal with them in yeah.
2: the daily routine work. Okay, okay. So. And, you know, we talk a lot about empathy as designers and uh, even on Design Lota, almost every episode we end up coming to empathy because it's such a core aspect of design um, as a field because it's all about people. And um, especially with art therapy, you know, I would think that empathy is something that uh, comes to the forefront of the work you're doing.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So uh, that's really great. Uh, So what's next? What else do you have planned with Art Babblers?
0: I want art to reach each and every one. That's the major goal, Hmm. Uh, especially with people struggling from depression, anxiety, or even cancer and dementia, Hmm. you know. Currently, I'm dealing with non-pathological issues, but I am uh, working towards it. I'm doing my master's, like Hmm. I said earlier, and I'm working towards it so that I can extend it uh, clinically to people who are... Uh, facing major medical issues and yeah. everything yeah so that's
2: the okay. plan that's amazing uh i think it's so interesting that you know this is something that can be a tool to uh, like you said you know it's something that healed the soul of your friend who was going through ptsd this is something that can be extended to people in different stages of whatever they're going through so It's a wonderful way to reach out to people and uh, be a part of the solution. So thank you for the amazing work you're doing. Thank you for uh, coming on Design Lota to talk about it. Uh, Where can people find you online and can they get involved with you in any way? Uh,
0: Well, I have a website www.artpavius.com. And uh, a Facebook and Instagram pages uh, where I update uh, the upcoming events and workshops and some activities. And uh, there is a blog with a lot of topics in art therapy which okay. you can follow and uh, you can take okay. lead from there. Contact information is also mentioned okay. on the website. So anyone can reach okay. out to me. Uh, It need not be anything specific. You can just drop a mail or, you know, write on my Facebook page and I'll reply back.
2: That's wonderful. Thanks again, Natasha, for joining us on Design Lota. We wish you the very best in... uh in your work with Art Babblers in the future.
0: Thank you, Hanji. I'm really glad that uh, we could discuss this because uh, I think if this gives big platform to reach out right. to more people so that you know my mission of making art yes. more accessible can be achieved. That's <laughs> great. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Wow, it's amazing so cool. how we can use art as a simple tool to start dealing with some issues that we may have especially relating to our mental health.
2: Yeah, it's so important for us to have practical everyday tools to help us care for ourselves. Uh, Sushi, you're into pottery, which Natasha also mentioned. Uh,
1: Have you found it calming? Yeah, definitely calming and quite addictive. I've finally set up a tiny balcony studio where I can lose myself for a few hours. That's so amazing. Uh, you
2: know, I spend time creating things with my daughter, like she loves to paint, and uh, we also make things with clay. I learned so much from watching her just imagine and take creative risks, uh, which comes so naturally to her.
1: I find it very fascinating to see kids seriously playing. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's one of the finest examples of creative confidence. I feel like we might also have that hidden inside us somewhere. Absolutely.
2: So let's keep making art to survive and not just for Instagram.
1: There you go. There's our t-shirt quote for this episode. <laughs> hey listeners, how do you use art to deal with life?
2: Or is it music or pottery or gardening or crochet?
1: <laughs> Tweet to us at designlota or message us on Instagram. We'd love to know about it.
2: You can find all the references and the complete transcript for this episode on designlota.com.
1: Join us next time for a much-needed conversation on how we can up our productivity as Indian designers.
2: Until then, bye. Bye.